Welcome to the Master Passive Income Podcast, where we talk about investing in real estate rental properties with a special focus on making enough money so you can quit your job and live the dream life. And now, here is your host, Dustin Heiner. All right, it is time for the Master Passive Income Show. My name is Dustin Heiner, and I'm here to help you learn how to quit that J-O-B, that just overbroke job, by investing in real estate rental properties so you never, ever have to work a job again. Now, in today's show, I am super excited. And the reason why is because I'm bringing on a coaching student that I have who's going to show you how he's got three rental properties. And he started from scratch. He is actually starting when he was 27 years old which is super cool because that is the exact same age when I first started investing in real estate. And then by the time I was like 36, I quit my job. And my guest is literally going to show you how he did it. And he will talk about this. He even lost his job right in the middle of it and then got another job and he's been investing all throughout it. Super amazing story. Now, I want to show you also how to do this as well. Text the word rental to 33777, rental to 33777. And I will literally give you my free real estate investing course. It's going to help you learn how to find the properties, fund the properties, manage the properties, and even make it automatic and make passive income to quit your J-O-B, that just overbroke job. Now let's jump into today's show where we talk with one of my students as he has started his business and now has three rental property units. All right, guys, let's do this. Benjamin, thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah, man, I'm super excited. It's just been cool to see this come full circle just from hearing your podcast and then now I'm on it. So it's wild. It, absolutely. And I remember when you and I first started coaching, but you were working a job and you were saving up money and then you were wanting to buy your first property. You listened to podcasts and that got you encouraged. As you were getting started investing, how long before you actually pull the trigger to start investing? Were you looking at it for a long time? Were you just like, hey, a month later, let's go ahead and start buying properties? What was the process of getting to it where you started investing? Yeah. So honestly, it kind of goes back to like, uh, even before I found out about your podcast. So it was like in January of 2019, it was kind of the first time in my life that I realized that me and my wife would have like a little bit more money than our bills. And so I was like, well, I need to figure out what I want to do with it. So I guess just from like the normal, what I've seen my family do and other people around me, I looked for like, okay, I guess I'll go talk to a financial advisor. And I went to one meeting and was like, man, this guy doesn't know anything. Um, <laughs> and so I was like, well, I need, to, I need to figure out something else. And so my buddy gave me the book, um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And that's really what kind of like changed my whole mindset on you know, finding, buying things that bring you money rather than just buying things that are taking money out of your pocket. And um, he obviously talks about a lot of different things, but um, real estate was the one that just made the most sense to me. It was more it's tangible. You can see it. Um, and so I was like, well, I need to get educated about real estate. And so I just got on like, uh, I don't even remember like Spotify or something and ran across your podcast. And I mean, I devoured it. I was just... <laughs> crushing through it and uh, eventually signed up for your classes. So I think from the time that I signed up to the time that I bought my first property was definitely a few months. Like it wasn't an overnight thing. There was definitely a lot of fear. Um, I got married in November of 2018. And so being new to being married and then being like, hey, but what if we like invested in this thing that <laughs> I barely understand? 
Um, I did so, the same yeah. thing. So keep going. But I did the exact same thing. We just got married six months later. I'm like, hey, honey, I'm going to take all of our money and buy a property that is literally thousands of miles away from us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so it was, it was, you know, a lot of conversations about, okay, like, but I mean, what are, what are we doing again? And like, cause I mean, I, and I was having a hard time explaining it because it was still so new to me, but I was excited, like just from hearing your podcast. And, uh, eventually I think what it came down to is, um, you know, having your coaching sessions were super helpful. Um, because I could then like bring that back to my wife and my wife jumped on a call or two and, um, being able to just hear your story and hear how you were able to do it. Um, I think gave us the confidence to go, okay, if Dustin's saying that we can do this, we can do it. And so, um, I think I heard from you and from other people, like the first deal is the hardest, like by far. And I was like, oh, maybe. And now it's just like that wall of just, I don't even know what it would be called. Just this, like this it's like a self-imposed, yeah. Self-imposed wall. Like thinking yeah. it's hard, it's too hard to do. Yeah. Yeah. And there's like pegs that you can grab, but you just like, I don't know, you like chop the pegs off yourself and you're like, I can't get over it. And then once you do, you're like, oh, I can do this. And so, um, yeah, now it's, it's weird how comfortable I've gotten to the point of like signing offers and things like that. Whereas before I was like, well, I'm like need to spend hours reviewing this contract and all this stuff. And, um, so yeah, it's been, it's been a wild journey to, to go from being so petrified to like, so comfortable. And I remember with my wife, how scared she was. And she was like almost adamant to not do it. Like, no, we're not doing it. But I eventually talked her into it. And I even did an episode on the podcast where I interviewed her. And I, I want to say I might have sent it over to you and say, hey, have your wife listen to this. But uh, for anybody that has a spouse that's concerned about this, that I can't, sorry, I don't remember. I'll put it in the show notes or in the description, which one that is. Um, but I literally interview her and say, what did you go through? What were your fears and everything like that? Because we like us that are excited about investing, we, we're pumped up and we kind of, we, we're learning, we're teaching ourselves, but we're like the people behind us that we're trying to help, we're trying to help them to get along with us. They're left behind and we're like, okay, let's, let's pick it up. So I'm really glad. So what was the, one of the fears, what was it your, your fear as you started to realize now this wall of fear is now gone can you remember exactly, or could you pinpoint what that fear was and how you got over that? Yeah, I think, I mean, I guess just, I'd never really, I mean, minus like a couple of stocks that I bought, I've never, I'd never really just put my money somewhere um, where there was risk. And so I think it was just the unknown of, I don't know if this is going to work. I think it was that. And then also just not, having a full understanding of like costs of rehab and things like that. And so I think being able to talk with, with it um, through it with you and just figuring out, okay, like kind of just learning as I went um, eventually I, I feel like I've gotten to the point where I'm like, okay, this is, this is my level of comfortability with risk in, in regards to the shape of a house. Um, you know, some people love the like, completely like torn down. Let me put a ton of money into it. Um, and that's just not something that I'm comfortable with yet. Maybe at some point I get there, but I've just kind of realized at this point, I, I want something that's a little bit more put together. Um, and so I think once I kind of realized where my lane was, um, I'm like, all right, this is my lane. This is what I'm good at. This is what I understand. Let me just repeat this as much as I can. 
That's that's actually fantastic because that's my business model. The master passive income business model is basically making sure as many things as possible are predictable. Like if you get into a full rehab, like where you're gutting out the entire house, there's so many things that you cannot predict. And I want it to be so simple. I want to not have to worry. I want to make sure that things are going to get, I'm going to make money. That's the thing. And so I love, I love that. I'm, I'm really glad that you did take the leap into actually going to coaching. And as I, and I do remember going through inspection reports and going through offering on properties and everything like that. And what's interesting is as you go further and further, as you buy properties, as you analyze properties, you learn things. And then your experience level helps you to know and anticipate things before they even come. And so usually you'd send me over a property and I'd look at it in like two seconds. I know what I'm going to, if I'm going to, if I would offer how much I would offer just because I've done it so much now. And this is the re the way that I develop, or at least as best I can, I want you and every student to learn how to fish. I don't want to just give you a fish. Mm -hmm. I want you to be able to say, you know what? I don't need Dustin anymore. Like I already, I feel confident I could do it. So getting that first property is crucial. Let's, let's talk about that first property. Now, before we get there though, we got to figure out where we're going to invest because we're not going to be investing in our backyard. How did you find out where you're going to invest? Yeah. So, I mean, I think the, the original thought when I first figured, like decided I was even interested in real estate, I was like, okay, cool. Like I'll look at Nashville because that's where I live uh, here in Nashville. And if you know anything about the Nashville market, like it is one of the hottest markets and like it is, it's crazy. Um, and like, even I bought my house a couple of years ago and I, and I've refinanced and everything. And I still don't know that I can make money renting my own house. Um, so it's just like, it's a crazy market. And so at first it was like kind of discouraging. And then, yeah, once, once listening to your podcast and, and hearing like, Hey, you don't have to invest where you are especially when you can lean on a property manager. Um, I was like, okay, well, I want to figure out, you know, somewhere else. And I was actually, um, I was talking to Charles Rose, who you connected me with the other day about, it was kind of funny because it was the first time I'd looked back on this. I, I thought, well, maybe I'm not going to invest in Nashville, but like I want to invest somewhere close because it still felt comfortable. And I was telling him the other day, like looking back, like that just feels ridiculous. Like, <laughs> I, so I, I ended Love up it. investing in Memphis, but like it could have literally been anywhere else. Um, and so now like I'm starting to look to try to find other markets to, to invest in. But originally I was just trying to find places that had really great uh, basically rent to um, purchase ratios and found out that Memphis was one of those and it felt nice because it was close. And the funny thing is I've yet to be to Memphis since I bought a property there. And I, I love it. Haven't seen one. So um, that was that. So you, yeah, so you can absolutely see how I have 30, over 30 properties now, and I've literally only seen one of them and one of them before I bought it. All the other ones I literally haven't seen. And you can understand that now. Now, most people are so foreign to them, like, what? You never saw a property before you buy it? I'm like, no, I see my properties as inventory. It's a piece of inventory. I trust the experts who are there. And many experts, not just one, but many experts. And I literally don't need to worry about the property. So that's awesome. Now you found Memphis and you started investing there. Now you're starting to branch out, which is great. One quick, I'll give you a little tiny coaching point. I would absolutely continue building in Memphis at the same time looking for other areas because another area will pop up. But you've done so much work. Like that's what we always talk about. 
building the business first. You've done so much work building the business. It'd be a shame just to up and you know start a whole nother business where you do all that work. So I would do both because you already have majority of work done in Memphis. Continue looking for properties there, but you have extra time. Let's start looking right. in a whole nother area, which is probably what you're doing now. But I want to encourage you, don't leave Memphis. It's still a good area. Yeah, definitely. No, I, I've definitely started to look look around, but uh, yeah, I've I've found some good like flywheels for deals and things like that in Memphis, and I'm not letting those go for sure. That's great, man. So this you found Memphis, and this is where you started diving into. Now, how did you know which area of the city of Memphis to actually start investing? Because there are probably good and bad areas. How did you know where to start investing? Yeah, um, I mean, I had some conversations with. Um, uh, with some realtors and some property managers. And then I had a, also um, a friend of a friend that lived there. And so I kind of talked to him. And so where I kind of started out is this neighborhood called Binghampton. So it's like east of downtown. Um, and it's uh, it's definitely up and coming. Prices are starting to, to, to go up, but haven't quite gotten there yet. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of where I decided to first start looking. How did you, so you, you talked to a couple of realtors and everything. Now, how did you know that you would be able to have somebody that can manage the property? Because a lot of people, they just say, let's just find a property, analyze the numbers, make sure I'm going to make a little bit of money and then figure everything out after that, which is backwards. We don't do that. We build the business first. So how did you know for sure that you're going to be able to have these properties and then make money without you actually having to be there? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I talked to multiple, um, property managers did some interviews, found somebody that I really trusted. Um, actually, I luckily got to meet her in person. She was um, in Nashville. And so that made me feel good. Once again, doesn't really matter. But like at the time, it, it felt really nice. It helps. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I got to meet her. And um, yeah, so I, I had her set up. I had a realtor set up. Um, and my property manager had some contractors set up. So I was like, okay, now that I've got all of that figured out, now let's actually start like super looking for deals. I was looking already, but was knew I wasn't going to pull the trigger until I had all that other stuff figured out first. That's great. So let's talk about you looking for deals. Now we're going to get into the first one, but you probably put in other offers and this first property is not your first offer, correct? So how did it go about mm -hmm. putting in offers to eventually getting that first one? Yeah. So, I mean, I found a, um, a realtor that I really liked. Um, and so he was sending me deals and I was looking on Zillow. And so I think we, I think we offered once or twice before the first deal actually went through. Um, so like ran an inspection report and basically just came back with a lot of like really big problems. And, um, from the advice from, uh, the realtor kind of ended up backing out of those deals, which felt really, it felt really crappy and discouraging because it was like, Oh, put in all this time. It's been months. And it didn't even work out. And I think the other thing that sucks is like I'd paid for an inspection report and I'd done all this. And at the time it was like, well, maybe I can make it work. And then finally it was just like, no, like I'm not going to force this. I'm going to like stick to the plan. Um, and I'm so glad I did because like I could have ended up in a property where I was either not making money or stuff was falling apart or all these costs would have come up. Remind me, what was it? in that first inspection report that really was okay. I got to back out. Yeah. I think it was like some like pretty in, cause like the price was like pretty good, but didn't have a lot of room to give. And I think there was both foundational and roofing issues. So it was like, I could do this property, but I would need to 
come down a whole lot and they weren't willing to do that. There you go. Yeah. So usually as we're putting in offers, being an investor, we're going to make sure that we try to get, we capture equity by offering lower. They we're not twisting their arm. Like we're not forcing them to sell it. If they want to sell, they absolutely can. And so we want to try to capture the equity and that brings our um, total expenses down and increases our passive income. And I usually like to say is that I never really leave a property. Like I never just pull my offer off the table. I mm -hmm. adjust my offer lower. They can walk away and say, no, I don't want that offer. They walk away from me and I'll say, okay, well, it's here if, if you want it. But it always looks good for me, my business, and my family. I don't put in offers that are going to be detrimental for my family. So now you are going into a property. You actually get one under contract. Talk mm -hmm. to us about putting in offers. Actually, before you do that, how many offers on other properties, like total, did you put on, on on properties? If you need to estimate, you can. Um, before you actually put in the offer and got this one accepted, I, I would say maybe like five or something like that. So like not a ton. That's not um, bad. I will say like that's one thing I've learned in the last, even in the last month, that is that I'm not putting out enough offers, um, and so that's something that I'm I'm actually actively working on. So that's I think why that number is so low. It's not necessarily because I was so great at finding deals. It was just, I was hesitant to sign offers. And now I'm realizing like, if I can sign an offer and get somebody in there to look at it, I can easily pull out, but I'm- Or adjust I'm missing, your price, yeah. Yeah, and I'm missing all these opportunities just because I the list price isn't perfect or whatever. So um, that's something that I'm definitely working on right now. That's great. And that's something that in my coaching is, and the real estate wealth builders I have on top of that, and just exactly you talked about, you were talking with another student named Charles, Charles Rhodes, who's also been on the show. Great guy. He's doing phenomenal in his business as well. And with the student success partners program that I have with all my students, we paired you, I paired you and um, Charles together. You guys are masterminding together. You guys are holding each other, each other accountable. And that's something that Charles is terrific is putting in offers. He says he tries to put in like four or five offers a week because the more offers that he puts out there, the more chances of him getting a yes. It's like fishing. You just keep putting it in there. Eventually you're going to get a yes. So yes, it, it was really good for only after five offers, getting that property and actually doing it well. So that's good for you, man. Okay. So now that you are, have a property under contract, tell us about the deal. We know where about where mm -hmm. it's at, but tell us about the purchase price. Tell us about how you paid for it, like financing, and then how much passive mm -hmm. income you're going to get from it. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I the list price was fifty seven. It was um, it was a du it's a duplex, and um, yeah. So basically, it's fifty seven thousand duplex, and uh, the rent is twelve hundred. And so Ooh. like, man, that's already wow. a really, really good deal. Um, and so you kind of encouraged me like, Hey, make sure, you know, obviously like whatever they say, they can come down. So we ended up working them all the way down to 50,000. Um, that is $7,000 you saved $7,000 yeah. because you're an investor because you negotiate, you get it down. That's awesome. Yeah. So it was pretty, it was pretty amazing. Um, so yeah, we were able to get it, uh, for 50,000. Um, I actually purchased it in cash. Um, I had just been stowing away a ton of money. Um, and yeah, so purchased it in cash. And then um, we eventually, we put a little bit of money into it. We put like $2,500. So like no, almost nothing um, into fixing up a few things. 
and then um, decided to refinance it from there to get the cash back out. Um, and so it appraised Smart. again at 65. Um, wow. Yeah. So that is $15,000 in equity you captured by negotiating like an investor, buying it right, $15,000. So number one, you paid less by $7,000, which is money in your pocket. A penny saved is a penny earned. On top of that, you have now $15,000 in equity that you can actually use in the future if you did a cash out refinance. So go ahead and finish. Yeah, yeah. So we we ca we cashed out for that. Um, and so I think right now, basically the, the payment um, per month, and I'm actually about to refinance to get a better rate, but at the moment, the payment is $387 a month. <laughs> And then the property management's 120. Oh my goodness, um, you're crushing it. You're so crushing yeah. it. <laughs> okay. I, so how much how much passive income do you make on this property? Yeah. So I mean, I'm obviously I already have like a bucket of savings um for my business. So I don't I don't necessarily pull something out every month because I already have a bucket saved up. Um so given that it's uh it's around seven hundred dollars a month. From one property. If it's a duplex, which is great. We love duplexes. We love triplexes and fourplexes and single family homes. We buy all those from one property. And more than likely, you're zero money in the deal because in the cash out refinance, did you pull out all your money? I think it was like maybe left like $2,000. $2,000 out of your pocket now. And you're mm -hmm. making $700 a month in passive. Dude, I, I want to find. I'm, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to go ahead and start looking at properties and that. That's phenomenal, man. Good for you. Yeah. So now you have number one. You have that win, and that's something I always try to do with my students. Is we got to get a win mm -hmm. under your belt because once we get that first one, we would then be able to catapult that into your second one because usually the second one comes so much faster. You have all the jitters out. Obviously, you have me as a coach. We can walk through everything, but then you also have the opportunity with money that you now have. So. That is fantastic. Now, as everything, we're saving that $700 to buy the next property because we're just going to keep rolling it over. Talk to us about now with this first property, rolling it into now you have two properties now. In fact, you're closing on your third soon, like next week, but we'll get into that in just yeah. a second. So talk to us about the second property. How did you get the financing? How much was it, you know, did you buy it for? What's the passive income on it? Yeah, so um, it was pretty pretty easy on the financing piece because I had almost all the money uh, from the refi of the first place. Um, so the rest was from savings, but I, the purchase price was, um, I can't remember what the list price was. I know we got it down, but the purchase price was 60,000. Um, so it was a little bit more, um, and it actually needed less work than the, than the first one, which was nice. Um, so we got them down okay. to 60,000. Pausing, pausing that yeah. thought. Cause the first one, I worked with you a ton on, analyzing, negotiating, like even all the properties before. The second one, all of a sudden I get an email from you. Hey, I'm here's an inspection report on a port property I'm closing. I'm like, well, you didn't even tell me you were actually putting me off or you got a contract. I'm proud of you. Let's go through the inspection report. So anyway, yeah. I just had to say that because that was awesome. I was like, this is exactly what I want. I want you to be able to do it on your own. I'm here to get you there and now you can continually do it. Yeah, absolutely. So it was, um, it was definitely a different process. Like I said earlier, like just so much more comfort level, um, having like broken through that wall, um, of getting that first deal done. So yeah. Um, the rent is a little lower, so it's, um, 10 50 
a month. Is it a duplex as well or single? A duplex as well, yeah. So 1050 a month. Um, and yeah, and so basically we, we decided um, that we did need to do some work, but we weren't going to do it right away. Um, so we kept the rent where it was and we're, we're planning on raising it once we got the work done. Um, and this was in, I think we closed in mid to late February. Um, and so eventually it got to the point where we did do some of the work, but then the, you know, everything with COVID hit. And so we just kind of made me and my wife kind of just made like a business decision that we're not going to raise rent on anybody during this time. We have the luxury to be able to do it. So we just decided, Hey, you know what? Like while we're in this, we're not going to like do that. We're we're all hurting together. Yeah. I completely agree. So, um, yeah. So basically, yeah, it's 1050, uh, but you can raise the rents though when it's time. 100%. Absolutely. And, and that's the thing is that the market rent is actually higher than that as it is right now. Um, so we will raise it at some point. We just were like, it seems pretty toned up to be doing it right now. Sure. Um, so with that, you, you bought it for 65 and it rents for 1050. Bought it for 60. Oh, 60. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. And then it rents for 1050. That's a really good return. Now I'm going to say your first property, that's literally a home run. Like it, mm-hmm. I, I rarely had any home runs like that. That's a literally a home run. So good for you. This one's by like a double or a triple. Yeah, maybe a double. It's a solid double. Um, when you're thinking of like the quality of, because paying 65 or 60 for it and then renting it for 1050. But once you raise it up to maybe 12, 1250, if you can get up there, it's going to be a phenomenal uh, running property. Now, when you bought this you utilize the cash that you had. What did you do after that? Like, how did you now you're buying your third property? How did you mm-hmm. have enough money to buy the third property? Yeah, I, I can get into that. One thing I wanted to just say before I forget it. Um, you, you said how that first deal was a home run. Um, that's something that I would also encourage people on. Um, if you happen to stumble upon your first deal being like really, really amazing, Um, something that I've realized is a weakness has been a weakness in my investing game is that I held that standard for so long that I let a ton of deals pass that were like you're saying, doubles, triples, Mm -hmm. singles. I mean, good deals that I let go by because I was like, well, I got that one. And I, even my realtor was like, man, like, I don't think that's going to really come around that often. And so that's been another hurdle um, that I've had to get past of saying like, you know, if I, you know, I have goals for the next year and a half and if I'm going to hit those, I can't just be passing on good deals and waiting for the absolute perfect deal. And I heard you say that on a podcast the other day about how, yeah, I've had a home run or two, but most of them aren't home runs. And uh, so that's been a really big thing that's allowed me to go, okay, I'm going to be able to hit my goals because I'm basically, I still have a standard but it's not this unrealistic thing that I stumbled upon for my first deal. I am super excited that you said that because every like, only people who are, have been in your shoes who are actually doing this would actually have that experience to really say, you know what, watch out for this because most people wouldn't even think like that. So I'm really super excited because yeah, we don't want to be passing on good deals that we should buy. And that's why with Master Passive Income, $250 is the minimum in passive income. You've destroyed that with the first one. So over $700 for the first one. That's phenomenal. How much is the second one in passive income? So yeah, it's actually, we're um, in the process of refinancing it now. Because um, we, we closed in February and we're, we're going to do the refinance. And as that happened, uh, I lost my job at the beginning of April. 
Um, and so obviously at that point, it's pretty hard to get the financing. And Banks so, don't like that. <laughs> no. Um, so yeah, we actually had to hold off. So we're, we're just now doing that. It should close um, next month. And so I think the payment, um, if I can remember offhand, I think the payment's going to be probably around three, because it's a really good rate. I want to say it's like 360 a month. Um, and then 105 for the property management. So that's what 465. So I mean, still over, um, still over 500, like almost, what? almost 600 bucks. Yeah, no, that's phenomenal. Good for you, man. And so you're refinancing it and you're, are you pulling the cash out to buy your third property? Is that how you're going to get your third property? Um, so we actually, um, I've just been say we've been saving a ton of money, just like cutting down on expenses. So we actually have enough for the third property. Um, and we're actually going to be doing, um, we're actually doing front end financing, uh, for it rather than buying it in cash, mm -hmm. um, for the third one. Uh, but yeah, the, the, um, the second one being refinanced, we've already got a couple of deals lined up, uh, that hopefully we'll use that cash for. Yes. That's awesome. You guys yeah. are investors. That's absolutely what it is. Now you see the, the business model, you understand the business model and how it works. And then what's fantastic about this is about real estate investing is there's so many different options. Most people start with the front end financing like, you, like you're doing with your third property. But another option is if you have the cash to do the BRRRR strategy, basically you buy it first, mm -hmm. take care of everything, get it cash flowing, and then you pull the cash out, which I've done many times. I've also done front end financing. I've also used private money, uh, hard money, all that sort of stuff. But there's so mm -hmm. many options. And most people don't realize that there are so many options to number one, find properties, number two, fund the properties, number three, manage the properties, all that sort of stuff. And so for everybody listening, I want to give you my free real estate investing course. If you look in the description, it's masterpassiveincome.com forward slash free course. If you go there, I'll give you my free course. In fact, I even have a way you could text it to me. So text the word rental, R-E-N-T-A-L to 33777. And I'll literally give you my free course showing you exactly everything that Benjamin's doing. He's going to, it's going to be showing you everything like that. Now with this third one, Talk to us about the purchase price. Talk to us about um, what it's going to look like and, you know, number wise and how much in passive income you're going to be making. Yeah, for sure. Um, and so I'm trying to think uh, right offhand. So the purchase price is uh, $62.5. Um, and then the, uh, so it was at 65 We got them down two and a half. Um, and then the- hold, rent, hold on, before you jump there, because yeah. I definitely want to go on that. I love negotiating. So what did you start at for negotiating? They're asking, they're starting at 65. What did mm -hmm. you, what's your price point that you started for negotiating? We were trying to get it down to 60. Um, cause it was, it's in pretty good shape. There's already renters in place. And so, um, we were like, all right, let's try to get it down to 60. What was your uh, first offer? About, it was 58. Okay. That's not bad. I probably yeah. would have, I probably would have started maybe like at 54, 53. Mm -hmm. It's because there's such a big gap for them to come down to 60, but right. Hey, you still save two and a half or, you know, $2,500. That's money in your pocket. So good for totally. you. Totally. So yeah. Um, and then the rent's going to be 1175, um, for that. So it's wow. another, du it's another duplex. Dude, you're, this, these are great. These are great deals. I mean, I'd hate to think of all the ones that you passed on. Like if you're thinking these no. are just, you know, these are good deals, obviously, but even just the decent deals, you're going to be at least be making 250, 350, 
on these decent deals, you're finding these phenomenal deals. I think they're all really good. Okay, so it's you're buying it for sixty two five. You said right, mm -hmm. and then it's going to rent for eleven hundred. Eleven seventy five. Eleven seventy five. My goodness, yeah. that one's doing really well, and you're doing a now. You have to put 20% down because it's an investment mm -hmm. property, correct? Talk to us about the financing, how you're doing that. Yeah, so there was options to do 20 or 25. Um, and we we had enough to do 25 and the rate was much better. Um, so we ended up doing 25% down. So I think all in, um, it's somewhere around like 21,000 with closing costs and things like that. Um, and then I think the payment will be somewhere in the like mid 300s something like that um because it was a really a really good rate again so yeah once again it'll be it'll definitely be over probably closer to 600 dollars. true man that is phenomenal so with and once you get this third property you're <laughs> gonna have close to what is that like 1800 dollars in passive income and obviously the first property Two thousand dollars out of your own pocket. I mean, we could even say almost say that's a no money down deal or down, but like no money in your out of your pocket on this deal. The second one, mm -hmm. after you refinance, pull the cash out. Same thing. You're gonna have your money and you're gonna deploy that to other properties. With this third one, you're utilizing financing. Eventually, you can do equity, pull that out. Oh my goodness! I mean, you're really doing well, and in such a short time frame, eighteen hundred, almost eighteen hundred dollars in passive income. Now, how life changing is that when you got your first? rent check coming in and then obviously fast forward to now where you will eventually have $1,800. Talk to us about the passive income and what does that does to help change your life. Yeah, it's awesome, man. I think, um, you know, just the whole journey of, of getting that first check is it's, it's amazing because it, you've put on all this, these months and months and months of work and you see that first check come in and like, obviously is $700, going to change my life? No, but I, it did in a lot of ways because it just said, Hey, what you're doing is working and it's going to work. And if you keep this up and you keep doing this, like this is going to really radically change your life. And, um, I was actually talking to Charles the other day and, um, we were talking about like, when, when do you want to retire and things like that? And I told him that's not even the way I necessarily think about it. The way I think about it is at what point do I, um, at what point can I choose to do whatever I want? So I, I've worked some jobs, my job right now that I do, I really enjoy. So like, even if I had the option to leave, I don't know that I would, but the fact that I have the option is something that's beautiful because I think that's the thing at the end of the day, like we work, everyone works for money, power, fame, whatever it is. But at the end of the day, all we all that we really all want is just to be able to like choose what we want to do. Um, I, had a, I had a buddy that basically told me that and boiled it down to that life is being able to create choices for yourself. And so um, that's kind of where I'm at. I'm like, man, this just allows us to do whatever we want um, whenever we want, essentially. And I wholeheartedly agree with you because I really love real estate. I love rental properties. I love teaching people, but it's not necessarily the real estate that I love. It's what I love is what it affords me to do. How I can travel the world. I can spend, I can literally not work and I can just do the things that I want to do, like be with my family. I love my wife. I love my kids. I love being with them. And so I could literally spend all my time with them or fishing or, you know, literally doing whatever I want because I'm not tied down to something that is requiring me to live in a location that I need to be at, or I have to go there every single day. 
Mm-hmm. Or another big one is you got laid off, like, right? Like you're working on a great job and you get laid off. I literally got laid off after I had my fourth kid. And it's like, they took that away from me. Well, mm-hmm. I didn't want anybody else to have that opportunity or control over my life that they could take something away. So I worked every, my, my tail off every single day that if I loved working my job, I absolutely could. Just like you're saying, you absolutely can, but you have options. And that's the, the best thing about this is having so many options, even not just like where your money's coming from, because it's coming in from your rental properties, but you can choose where you want to live. You can choose if you want to spend mm-hmm. your money going out to dinner or to buy a car, you have options. And I love, I, I hate being reactive. Reactive, you have one option that's okay, possibly okay. And you have one worse option. There's very few options. When you're proactive, like you're doing, you're actively working hard. You're building your business. You're saying, hey, my future, I know where I can go. You have so many more options now because mm-hmm. you're proactive. So Benjamin, that's this is awesome. I'm super encouraged by you. And I'm so glad that we have been able to jump on this call. Now, what lessons would you, and you gave us a bunch of good lessons, yeah. especially the one like, don't pass over good deals. Are there any other lessons, like any other nuggets that, man, only somebody who's gone through what Benjamin's gone through and as actually an actual investor, not somebody just, yeah. you know, kind of talks about it, only you would have gone through. So talk to, do you have any, any advice for us? Ooh, lots of things. Uh, mostly just learning from uh, screwing up stuff. So what I would say is number one, like, just get started sooner. Like, that's my, honestly, my biggest regret is just, man, had I known this information before, maybe I wouldn't have had all the same money I had, but like I would have figured out a way to make it work. Um, and just knowing that, you know, if I would have started a year earlier and maybe I only did one deal, I already got past that wall. So then by the time I had money to spend, I was ready to just crank. Um, so that would be like one of the biggest things is just like get started as soon as possible learn, 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 learn. Um, don't just jump in and, and make a, a dumb decision. I think that that's, I think that's why real estate from some people gets a really bad rap. Um, couple of things. So I, I've heard kind of when I was going through this and talking to friends and family, like, wait, you're going to do what in real estate? I've heard like, oh, well, I've, I've had friends that made really bad decisions. And then come to find out, it was like, well, they just bought a bad deal and they didn't know what they were doing. Um, and then the other piece was like my, I had a family member that owned a couple of rental properties and he was just like, man, I'm always going out there fixing this and fixing that. And I've actually had two family members like that. And um, I didn't even know they invested until uh, I started talking to them about this. But uh, yeah, and just realizing like, I don't have to go, like you've talked about before, I don't have to go at 2 a.m. and fix a toilet. Like, We'll have somebody else do that. And I think that having that mindset of like, you know, my time is worth more than 10% of my rent. Like my time is worth way more than that. My freedom, my ability to choose what I want to do is worth way more than that. And it is a weird shift, especially coming from like a, if you come from a household where you were told to save, 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 it's a very weird shift to make. But um, once I kind of got past it, it's like, oh my gosh, this is so much better. Um so yeah, I guess that's a couple of lessons. Those are those are absolutely phenomenal lessons. And uh, I, I, I do I have lo- one other. Sorry, Go one ahead. other thing I was going to say is, uh, as much as I I do think repeating something that works um, is very important, I, I would also say like not to get stuck um, on a certain mindset. So like 
at first I, I was only going to burr properties. So I was like, well, I'm only going to buy once I have enough to buy it in cash. And now I'm, you know, financing a deal because I'm realizing like, just because something works one time doesn't mean it's the only way things or things can work out. So I think just being open to different ideas and being open to using, you have multiple tools in your tool belt doesn't mean you'd have to use the same one every time. Um, so I think that that's what's cool about real estate is that if you're able to just be creative and think through different options, there's a lot of different ways you can get the same thing done. Um, and you don't have to just stick to the same exact plan every single time. I, I think it's terrific advice. And what I love to do with my students, uh, obviously like you and Charles and all my other one-on-one students, even the group coaching that I do for real estate wealth builders, I love showing all the different options. And really what it comes down to is I'll give you all the options that are there. Everything from finding the properties to funding and managing, like literally everything, many, many options. You need to figure out what's the best for you and your family and your risk tolerance and where you are at in your situation finances. I'll give you the options. You make the best decision. And so most people think there's only one way. Like you find a realtor and you find a mortgage broker and you put them together and then you get a property. That's not it. In fact, there's so much more and so many other ways to do it. So that's awesome. And one quick thing that I wanted to share that you hit the nail on the head. I love the, the it's like an old Chinese proverb. When is the best time to plant a tree? It was 20 years ago. The second best time is literally today. So if you get started today, you're not going to look back 20 years from now and say, man, I wish I would have planted that tree 20 years ago. So imagine, Benjamin, well, how old are you right now, Benjamin? I'm 28. You're 28 years old. So you started, what, last year? Were you 27 when you really started getting into it? Yep. That's all. That was literally the same age that I, when I started buying. And um, I started when I was 26, started looking into it. There was nothing, no podcast or anything like this. And I started buying properties when I was 27 years old. And I think I was 36 when I finally quit my job. And it was like, I'm, I'm done because I just wanted to, I could. Now, don't, you, for everybody listening, we don't wanna have to look back and say 20 years from now, oh man, I w- really wish I would've listened when Benjamin said it 20 years ago, I wish I would've taken action and done it there. Hey, this can be done by everybody. As long as you are gonna put in the work, you're gonna build mm-hmm. the business first, and you're actually going to make sure you're making passive income. This is, it's literally attainable for everybody. Yeah, of course. I, I'd say like last thing I would, I would throw out there um, because I feel like this is an underserved uh, group in real estate is just younger people is like, you're never too young to get started. Like you can figure it out. There's lots of options. Um, and even if it comes down to like, hey, the first year is just educating yourself. Like you will be so much better off. It honestly, like knowing what I know now, it's like the amount of money that I spent on that school degree, like, oh my gosh. So I would just say to younger people, like if you're interested, like just dive in. And if you can figure out how to present a good deal and you can find good deals, you're going to be able to find money, whether that's private money, hard money, friends and family, like, you're going to be able to figure it out. So don't let that be a reason to not start doing your research and start learning. That's a great point. And there's a reason why I don't use the term retire early because this, the word retire has a connotation of like, oh, that's for older people. No, no, no. Quit your J-O-B, that just overbroke job. Everybody at any point in their life can actually resonate with that. And I love working with people who are in college. I have plenty of college students as well that I'm, that I'm working with. And 
what is phenomenal is they start to realize, man, if I literally do this, I won't even need a college degree because I won't need to work at all. I have my properties working for me. So that's phenomenal. That's a great point of advice and great wisdom. So man, anything else you want to share before we jump off? Uh, one other thing, last thing. <laughs> Please uh, do. If I could have one like very specific thing again for young people, if you can figure out how to house hack where you live in one side of your house and rent out the other or live in one and rent out multiple other units, figure it out. If it's in college, if it's right after college, either or, you know, if your parents are already helping you or you're already paying for rent anyways, like figure out how to make that happen because you can get started so much earlier and just get experience. Um, even if you're the one managing it first, you're going to know what to look for in a property manager more like on the ground just because you'll have done that. So um, I feel like that's another really great option for young people to try to figure out. That's fantastic, Benjamin. Man, thank you so much. You've given us so much great wisdom and advice. So I really appreciate your time, man. And thanks again for being a part of Master Passive Income. I'm super excited to have you on the podcast and, and the YouTube channel and everything, showing everybody how they can do it as well. So I appreciate you, man. Thanks for having me, man. Now, wasn't that super encouraging? I'm super excited at how hard Benjamin worked to get these properties and the amazing job that he's done finding these properties. Now, you can absolutely do this too. Now, Benjamin's was literally a home run. It was a fantastic deal, did a phenomenal job making a lot of money, but not all deals are like that, but they are still out there. He bought this, I think in 2019. You can still buy these properties. Remember to get my free real estate investing course. Text the word rental, R-E-N-T-A-L to 33777. I want to get you information. I want to show you how to actually do this so you can quit your J-O-B, that just over broke job. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next one. You take care. See ya.